I got great compliments on my golem impression, by the way. You did? I still think it was kind of creepy. So thank be- Thank bean. Laugh, 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 laugh. Frank and beans. Oh, and Cast Royale too. Don't forget about my clan, Rob. That's true. No, I, I, I can never forget. I'll never forget. <laughs> Do you want to just be silent? We can just, we can just be I'm silent thinking. for the rest I'm of the show. Thinking. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I don't mind. We can just be silent for the rest of the show. Sorry. I think people will really enjoy it. Are we still being silent? Just be, just be as silent as you possibly can be. Ready? Go. Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week is all about the new update. Yes, it is. Uh, and uh, Joe is actually uh, away right now on work business. That, that's right. I am yeah. I am traveling for work. So Where are you? Wilmington, Delaware. So wow. Not sure if anybody's from this area, but it's a nice area, I guess. Super exciting. Yeah, there's uh, almost nothing to do. You know what else there's nothing of? Tell me. Taxes. There are no taxes? There, are no, there is no sales tax in Delaware. Uh, Go shopping. You know that because you used to skate here. Yes. And we actually, uh, I actually helped open up an Apple store down there. Really? Yeah. And that store is crazy because you get um, like four or five different states worth of people coming over there to buy apple products oh, because there's, there's no, tax. no sales tax <laughs> very nice yeah it's wild mm-hmm. so yeah i'm here for the week i got here sunday leaving friday um here for work all business no pleasure but except for this happy to happy to do the podcast yeah and joe laid out uh some big cash to uh pay for the high-speed internet so hopefully that pays off big cash <laughs> throwing out the dough yeah. Um, so we had our giant May update uh, land this week. Of course, it uh, happened as soon as we posted our last episode. So we have perfect timing. Yeah, I think we left off um, at some of the sneak peeks. So the last ones that uh, we left off at, um, I believe we didn't get a chance to go over all the new cards that came out. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, obviously there were six new cards that came out, um, a new common, um, a rare, an epic, and three legendary cards. So, you want to go through some of those first before we go into the other stuff? Yep. All right, cool. Um, so, we have the Fire Spirits, the Furnace, the Guards, and then for the legendaries, we have the Lava Hound, the Miner, and good old Sparky. I don't know about you, but I love Sparky. Do you? You don't have it, though. I don't. I don't have any legendary still. I don't have any legendary Still either. sad about that, but mm-hmm. Sparky, is, Sparky is just a beast. He is. Sparky uh, is probably the coolest card um, I've seen from this game. And it, ironically, it doesn't really fit. Uh, with the lore of this game along with the minor both of those cards actually don't really fit because they seem like they're from different games or from a different world entirely like one is it one is a a mobilized tank that's a vehicle it's the first vehicle we've seen in the game um and the other one is just a a guy that goes underground with a shovel sparky is so funny it's like it it drops down this huge vehicle like you said it's a tank right but the front of it kind of has that um like you know how like if if there was a zombie apocalypse there mm-hmm. would be like that big truck with that v-shaped kind of um yes. plow in front of it yes. with spikes you're that nailing is exactly it. what it was you're nailing it on the head right now <laughs> i i seriously when i saw this card all i thought about was that but then it shoots this like huge laser from far away and just blows everything up in front of it correct and uh, I, I, found out, I found out some, because, um, I mean, I haven't seen it played a lot, um, but I found out some interesting things 
Uh, well, first of all, uh, for those of you who don't know or haven't seen it, it's a six elixir card. Um, I don't know how much damage it does. It's probably a thousand. Uh, but I did notice that it takes five seconds to fire its shot, which is the long time in between uh, attacks. I actually think it's the longest attack um, or longest wait time between attacks that any unit has. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I, I honestly, it, despite its uh, severe advantages, uh, I think that that's actually a, a big disadvantage um, because it gives you a lot of time to throw something out. Um, and I, I don't want to necessarily say waste a card, but you're making him uh, waste his initial shot, uh, which then gives you five full seconds before you can throw something else out. Um, what, have you seen uh, specifically what is good at countering this card? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I don't have the card, um, and I've only seen it used in replays. I've never actually played against it either. But what I find is that people, what they do is they, they really time that five seconds, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't have to count the five seconds because as, it, as the card, um, let's just say that the card shoots off, right? Over a five-second period, the rings around the, like, the nozzle of the, of the, of the gun itself... Mm-hmm. will light up and then once the final one lights up then it tr- then it fires so what i right. find is that a lot of people well first of all air obviously counters this very well because it doesn't attack it so yeah so get your minion hordes um and regular minions ready right but if you don't have those what a lot of people do is they'll they'll distract this card as much as they can when that fifth second or when that final charge is ready to fire off so Things that work really well are something like the zap, because it resets the charges. Mm-hmm. The it also freezes spell, him. It, it, it locks him in place for a second. Right, it'll stun him. The mm-hmm. freeze spell, because it obviously freezes him in place, and then he'll have to restart the charge again. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you can just throw away something very low cost with very low health, and just kind of make the, like, put the card behind him. So for example, if, if he's at the river attacking your tower... Mm-hmm. and he's about to tr- fire off, put spear goblins or regular goblins or even skeletons right behind him because it'll force the Sparky to turn around, waste the zap on something. Right, that, that's a good point. That is going to die to one shot anyway. But then you have your other cards that are sitting there dealing damage to it. So effectively, he's wasting 1,000 damage on something with only 200 health. Right, total waste. Um, but can I just go back to this card real quick? Because as a troop... I also don't get the artwork on it because like I mentioned before, if this thing has like a plow on it with like spikes in front of it, right? Mm-hmm. This thing looks like it cannot be stopped. But then when it, when it gets used in gameplay, it, first of all, it's ranged. So it's not plowing through anything. It's not like it's a melee unit that only stops once it gets to the tower. Like the only thing it attacks is the tower. So right. it's not pushing anything out of the way. It's not hitting into anything. All it's doing is sitting back, moving forward, and attacking things as it gets closer to them. It doesn't even touch anything unless something gets dropped on them. Yeah, it doesn't really need that plow is what you're saying, I guess. Yeah, it, I just uh, don't get the artwork, I guess. It's purely aesthetic, I think. I think it's just funny. Um, I mean, hey, look at what it made you think of, zombie apocalypse. So Yeah, that's true. Right? Um, so then... Some things we've seen uh, really uh, good for this card that complement it really well. Um, I specifically have seen it used with the Wizard or the Ice Wizard. Uh, Easily takes out the Minion Hordes um, or the regular Minions, which are probably this card's number one counter. Um, Also the Valkyrie, just in case uh, your opponent does throw out uh, the little Skeletons or Spear Goblins or the regular Goblins. Yeah, I agree. I think something also like the Baby Dragon would work really well. Because, Rob, as you mentioned, the minions or the minion horde are very good against it. But if you have the baby dragon following the Sparky around, the baby dragon effectively takes out the minions um, or the minion horde very, very simply. Agreed. Um, So the other legendaries that we had uh, in the update is the, the Lava Hound. The Lava Hound is a really, really interesting card. Have you seen it in play yet? I have. Because I have not. Actually? I actually just played it today. I was going to say I haven't seen it, but I, I actually just played against it today. Did you? Yeah, I did. I, I haven't. How was it? It was, 
when it first got dropped, I obviously got scared, but okay. it wasn't so, that bad. So what happened? Um, <laughs> well, really? Cause it's like a flying golem. Right. So it doesn't do that much damage, right? It has a lot of health. It doesn't do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. The main reason for this card is that it'll sit there and just tank the, the tower hits um, right. and do a little bit of damage over time so that that damage builds up. But then once it dies, you know, these six or seven like little mini lava hounds um, that attack anything that don't just attack towers, attack anything, um, kind of burst out of them and deal more damage. And how many you get? Six, I think? I think it was six. I think it's six. Um, yeah. But I just found this card very easy to deal with. I didn't have any buildings to offset it, um, but I just wasn't threatened by it. When it, when it came out, I, I used to counter it the minion horde. Um, I waited for the minion horde. I waited for the lava hound to get close enough to my tower mm-hmm. um, where if the opponent had um, arrows, it would make the arrows travel the furthest distance. That way my minion horde could attack the lava hound for, for as much time as possible. Right. Uh, um, and then what I did was I just, as soon as I, if, the, if my minion horde was still alive, by the, time the, by the time the lava hound bursted into its little, I guess, mini lava hounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the pups. The, the game pups. calls it the pups. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, just, I just let my minion horde take the pups out because they can attack them. Along with the tower, it becomes a very easy kill. If my minion horde was dead, I just used arrows. So it, it, it wasn't really that difficult of a card for me to deal with. Now, that might just have been because it was my deck. Like, my deck may have matched up well against it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, I guess it, it could be a big problem if you don't have an answer for it. Well, that's true. And I think that probably the thing that kept you uh, from, I mean, did you win that game? I did. Okay. So the thing that probably helped you win that game was the type of deck that you were using. Uh, I think the thing for me that uh, makes me shake in my boots with this card specifically is that it's the only air unit that's specifically designed to target buildings. Um, and you it because you said like like you were saying before the the only other air unit that's as tanky or that was the tankiest air unit before this was the baby dragon and you could easily take that out with a musketeer two archers can take that out as long as you have the baby dragon you know uh attacking something else while your ground units can attack it um so if you don't have a deck that's specifically made to handle air you're kind of uh you're kind of in a hole on this one yeah, I mean, like you said, this thing is pretty tanky, right? So at at level, I'm looking at a card right now that's level two. Mm-hmm. It's got over 3,100 health. So, you know. 3,100? 3,100 health. That's which how is much a the lot. giant has. Yeah, it's pretty significant. So, and I mean, there's less cards in the game that attack air than do attack ground. So you need to really have a card to answer this. Um, otherwise, you can get, it can blow you up pretty quickly. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like you were saying, I think the biggest uh, way to handle this guy is uh, probably the minion horde or the minions, at least to start. Um, and then I'm, I'm assuming that your opponent is going to throw down cards that are going to try and take out your minion horde or at least maybe drop an arrow at some point. Um, but then, like you said, the, um, the Lava Hound again splits into uh, its little pups, which I believe, like you were saying, act more like minions so i would think a good counter for that would be save your arrows for them yeah so at level two the lava pups have 181 health and they do about 49 damage about 50 damage so you know like like you said the arrows are a great answer for it and that's what i did if if my minion horde wasn't alive i just dropped the arrows on them and they killed them without a problem so it does give you six lava pups so if they aren't dealt with they're going to do a lot of damage the tower is going to kill them but you you don't want to leave them up for very long Nah, man, regular minions can do a lot of damage to a tower with a good tank in front of them. So that's right. I, I'd, I'd fear. So I'd fear for this one. If you have cards like the minions and archers and spear goblins, um, as opposed to like the minion horde, what I would do is um, I would position them in such a way that's going to not make them vulnerable to AoE. Like you don't want to drop your um, minions, your spear goblins, and your archers all, all in the same right spot your tower yeah because um, if they have um arrows arrows or the fireball or even the fire spirits which we'll talk about in a little bit um they're going to wipe out your only answer that you're going to have to that 
lava hound until you until you wind up um cycling back to your air responses right so position them in such a way that's spread out um and that it's less vulnerable for you good tips um and then the last legendary card that we uh got in the update is the uh the the miner who who i honestly i i've played against him more than any of the other cards so far it's been lava hound the least sparky the second and then the miner the most yep how do you feel about the miner i just don't understand the miner like okay to, to me to me the miner is an awkward troop it's the okay. only it's the only troop in the game that one can travel underground two can appear anywhere on the map without traveling there right and three is a troop that can be used anywhere on the map right so previously last I guess before this card came out, only spells could be used anywhere on the map, including your side or the opponent's side, before the um, before Crown Tower was taken out. Right. So this is the first troop that acts like a spell. Right. Technically, that's true, but also technically, it's not because the first it, it's the first card that is labeled a troop that acts like a spell, but it's not the first troop that acts like a spell. What's the first troop that acts like a spell? No, I guess, yeah, no, you're right. The Goblin Barrel. Yeah, the Goblin Barrel is technically troops, but they, they decided to label it as a spell card. So, I, again, I don't really know why they did it that way. Maybe they don't want to make legendary spells, but they should. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I don't mind it. I just think that they should get their naming straight. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Do you like this card? I, I don't know if I like it. Like, I don't. I don't see how it's super effective. Okay. So you, have you seen how effective a goblin barrel can be? I do, but I also don't really see it being used that much. Okay. I've seen it used a handful of times, and almost every single time the thing that I've seen it used on is my elixir collector, one. And two, when my tower is probably like three or 400 health away from being destroyed, they just throw him out and it takes it out. Because what they did with this particular card is they gave him a thousand health. Yeah, it's at super, level one. It's super tanky. I mean, yep. It might not be the tankiest card in the game, but like no, you but mentioned, it's a third of the giant. That's right, and it's at level one. The tricky part about this is that you have to remember that sure, it, it has a thousand health, which is pretty tanky, but it doesn't have to travel to the tower and deal with anything. It's safe. That's true. Until it pops up, so. It effectively has enough health. Like, what, what would it be comparable to, Rob? Right? Like, if you were to take another card, like, let's just say the giant. If you drop the giant, by the time the giant gets to the tower, how much health does it really have? Half its health? Yeah, probably. I would say half is probably a good bet. And that's for a five elixir drop. Mm-hmm. How much elixir does the... Does the um, the minor cost. Do you know? I, I, I'm going to go on record saying that I think it's three, but I think that's what makes it really effective because you can use it a lot and quick. Plus, it's a cheaper card than, a, than, the, uh, than the Goblin Barrel, um, and it gives you what I would consider stronger, a stronger unit. No, I, I completely agree. And I mean, that makes sense, right? It's a legendary card. But, mm -hmm. I mean, I just checked. It is three Elixir. So you're effectively spending three Elixir to get a card with a thousand HP across that, the board in a couple seconds. And that does 160 damage per hit on level one. Whereas if you were to drop a giant down, it travels slower. It might have a thousand or, you know, 1200 or 1300 health by the time it gets to the tower because of all the damage it's taking while walking to the tower. Mm -hmm. But you also spent five elixir as opposed to three elixir. Um, so I, I, I see what you're saying. This could be a very effective card depending on how you use it. I just haven't seen it used very much. All right. Well, that's fine. Um, so one of the things that this card does, like you said, it travels underground. And I, one of the, the cool graphical choices that they decided to do in this game is they show him digging a trail underneath the ground. Now, while that's happening, you now have a, I'm not going to say uh, a really good advantage, but a pretty decent advantage that you see that it's coming. It's not like it's out of nowhere. So... What can we do with this card to prepare for when he does pop up under, out of the ground and you need to handle it? One of the things that I've seen, or that at least that I've tried, is A, 
Um, I've dropped barbarians on him, like literally planning that he's going to land by my elixir collector. So I just drop them right there, right in between my elixir collector and my tower. Um, another thing, uh, a card that is extremely versatile, which is the minion horde, um, that takes him out pretty quickly. Um, I guess another card that would be really good would be the zap or the freeze spell. I don't know about the zap only because the zap for me, it, it, it only does like 250 damage at level eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only going to take about a quarter of his health out and sure it's, it might prevent one attack from him, but it's not going to do enough to like really deal with him. I do like the free spell, um, because a lot of times people will use this card as, um, as like a distraction. So like they might attack one side of the, um, of the battlefield while using him on the other side of the battlefield. Right. So if they can, if, if you can, the old, uh, hat trick, that's right. If, if you can use a free spell to just stop his attack and just, you know, limit the cheap shots that they're hitting on you, um, your tower will take this out over time. So if you give it four or five seconds to just unload on the, on the miner while he's just standing there, while nothing else is on your tower, you know, you'll effectively deal with it. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's probably one of the better ways to handle it. Um, so hopefully uh, all of those... Uh, tips and strategies help you deal with those cards. If you're lucky enough to have any one of those cards, uh, let us know how you're using them because we would love to know. Uh, And if you didn't know how to use it, hopefully we've uh, enlightened you a little bit. And one of the things we wanted to point out was that Sparky costs six elixir and the Lava Hound actually costs seven elixir. So these are very... Oh, seven. These are very commitment-oriented cards. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have these cards, we always try and just point out how you can best play against them. So just realize that if your opponent throws down a Lava Hound, they're fully committing to that Lava Hound and have very little Elixir left. So you effectively have an advantage on the board if you can counter it quickly and then make, an, make a, maybe a push to the other side of the map. That's a really good point. Um, and then the other cards that we got uh, in the update uh, are the, the Fire Spirits. So have you used these cards? I mean, this is definitely like the the most given away card in all of the chests that everybody's been opening recently so yeah i think they're really pushing this card onto people um i personally have only used it twice um in a deck that i was just trying things out with and i didn't mm-hmm. really have much success so i didn't really play with it that much but i have faced it um what about yourself uh i actually upgraded these all the way to level 6 um and i still have uh, I think one more upgrade available for them, but I'm not touching. Um, I've used them a couple times. I've been trying to use them in place of my arrows. Cause that's what I feel like the game is trying to tell me. They're trying to change the, everybody has arrows meta. Um, and I feel like these are extremely useful against hordes of troops like barbarians. Uh, obviously they're really good against minions, um, or the minion horde. Or if you get swarmed by a skeleton army, or if you get swarmed by any amount of goblins, these are very useful. Um, I just can't really fit them into my style of play yet. Um, and it wasn't worth risking my trophy count, at least for right now. Sure. I, I think but I do like them. No, I, I do. I like them a lot. I just haven't figured out a way to get them into my deck yet. I think I've still been focusing a lot of my attention. I mean, call me boring, but I'm still using Jason's deck. Um, me too. But it's Jason's deck has allowed me to get from, you know, 1800 when I was there all the way to almost 2500 now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been upgrading my cards throughout, which I think is why I'm able to push a little bit further now. But I just haven't had the time um, to practice with these yet. But I have seen them used very effectively. So how I've seen them used effectively is, you know, these things have very small amounts of hit points, um, but they do a lot of damage. There's three of them that do area splash damage. They travel very fast. Um, and they actually, it's kind of funny, they kind of kamikaze into whatever they're, they're attacking, right? Yeah, they're great, and they make, like, little giggle noises before they do it. That's too. right, so they don't actually have to, like, they don't actually have to walk right up to something in order for it to die. Um, mm-hmm. They can effectively get close enough to jump in towards them. So what I've seen these things used really well with is behind, like, a giant or a prince or a P.E.K.K.A., something that's pretty meaty that's going to absorb a little bit of damage while these things come in and just destroy whatever swarm answer um, your opponents drop down. Like you mentioned, the, the barbarians, this thing, this thing wipes them out pretty well, especially if anything else behind it. Completely agree. Um, 
you know, it's one answer that I find really difficult to deal with is when the opponent drops um, a giant, then a wizard, fire spirits, mm-hmm. and maybe a couple of archers or spear goblins. Yeah, that's just like AOE all over the place. It's AOE, but also has the smaller, the smaller troops that will consistently deal damage that aren't able to be attacked because you have to deal with the giant. So over time, those small troops that have a lot of, call it damage over time, are going to really throw out a lot of damage. Um, but then there's also the wizard and the fire spirits for AOE. So it's just very difficult for me to deal with. Um, and I really have to... F- I find that I really find myself thinking a lot about where I'm going to place my troops in order to respond mm-hmm. to things like that. Yeah, it's a good point. I think the thing that I really appreciate about these cards is that you get three of them for the price of two elixir. Yeah, no, it, it's kind of like, I mean, it, it reminds me of the goblins, right? Like, or the spear goblins, only they do AOE damage. So if you can incorporate them into your deck, you should. They attack ground and air. So um, I, I do like your point, though. I never really thought about it that way where this is a good way to maybe change the meta a little bit. Everybody's Mm -hmm. using arrows. I think it was like 80% of competitive decks were using the arrow spell before this update came out. Yeah, and the other ones were using the fireball, so. That's right. And so (laughs) if you you have another option, it throws another card into the mix, changes the meta a little bit, and therefore will change the different types of decks that are going to allow you to either maybe do a little bit more poorly than you previously were, or maybe do better depending on how it matches up against it. So yeah. I think any change to meta is good because, you know, you, you never want to get bored of this game. Yeah, it becomes stale. Yeah. Also, um, one of the other things about this card is the first card that the unit's attack is to essentially the, the result, the end result is it's no longer on the battlefield. That's a really, I mean, I said it before where they're kamikaze, but I didn't really think about it like that. They die. Like their attack is to die. It's like, it's like a beast thing. They're, mm-hmm. they're effectively a beast thing. Um, they, they sting you and then, then they're gone. You don't have to worry about them ever again. So, well, bees die after you sting. They sting well, that's you. what I'm saying. So they're, they're yeah. off the battlefield. <laughs> wow. I just realized that your, uh, your analogy was beautiful. That's what I'm, that's what I'm here for. That was great. Beautiful Good analogies. Job. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that did, uh, all in all, I think we like this card. We just haven't really figured out for us how it fits into our play style the best. Yeah, but I mean, if anybody else has ways that they've incorporated it into their deck and use it very effectively, um, or other ways that they maybe haven't seen it used effectively, that way we can um, build a deck around it and try it out for a week. That'd be awesome. Just let us know. Yeah, let us know. Um, and then the other card that we got, which is um, the dispenser for these cards, so we don't really have to spend too much time on it, um, but it is the Furnace, which uh, is a... I'm going to say hut slash tombstone type of unit. Uh, it, it bakes little fire spirits. Um, <laughs> and uh, every so often it'll spit out two of them uh, and uh, gives you a nice push if you're trying to build up fire spirits behind a giant unit, like Joe was saying, the P.E.K.K.A. or the giant or the giant skeleton. Um, the only thing with this card that is a little bit of a downer for me um, is that it costs five elixir. Um, so you can essentially have five elixir for two fire spirits every couple of seconds to make it across the field by the way every single attack from every unit or spell kills these guys so you need something in front of it in order for this to be effective at helping you build a push yeah i think that's a really good point because at level one the furnace spits out two fire spirits every 10 seconds but it's only lasting on the battlefield for 50 seconds and that's without it being attacked at all so Mm -hmm. the maximum amount of spawns is five which means the maximum amount of fire spirits is 10. Um, and Rob, like you mentioned, they die to one hit. At, at level one, the furnace spits out level three fire spirits, which only have 50 health. Mm-hmm. Every single unit in the game, I think at some point, other than maybe the, the spear goblins um, or the, the skeletons, do more than that damage. Um, so you have to be very, very careful about the placement of these troops. and. If you're using the furnace, you have to really time when you are going to drop other units with the fire spirits, because if you have an, if you're offbeat and you don't match up well, um, like dropping other units along with the fire spirits, you're effectively going to be wasting elixir because the fire spirits have a very specific purpose. So if you don't use them for what they're, you know, effectively made for, 
and they they're just wasting die, a spot. Wasting yeah, they're your, wasting a spot. That's right. In you're your wasting deck. your spot, and you're wasting the five elixir that you spent on the furnace to put it out. Um, so you can really set yourself behind, and you 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 want to try to obviously limit that as much as possible. Yep, completely agree. Um, and then, so that was the rare card that we had in in this update. And the the next card that we got was the epic, which was the guards. Um, and I haven't gotten this card at all. And Supercell is really pushing the whole: you get a lot of commons, you get a little bit of rares, you get almost zero epics, and then you get absolutely no legendaries. So I, I still have not gotten uh, this card at all. But I've seen it played. A lot of times, and I'm jealous because I do like this card. No, I completely agree. Uh, first of all, I, I have no legendaries, and I also don't have this card. So other yeah. than every other card in the game and legendaries, this it's is still this a card, card that and I don't legendaries. Have. We don't have these cards, this card and the legendaries. That's for right. why? For what reason? Nobody knows. For why? <laughs> we, had a, we, had, we have a Twitter follower. Um, uh, I hope I don't butcher his name. Uh, Hella Clash. Yep. He's in the exact same boat. I was tweeting at him the other day. He was like, why do I only have, why do I have every single card except for the guards and every legendary? Yeah. I, I feel like we, we can't be the only ones. There's, it's got to be like a theme. Maybe they, I mean, obviously the legendaries, I, but to be honest with well, you, yeah, I they really got to tweak, they got to tweak that algorithm there. I mean, that's that personally, it's ridiculous that we don't, not us like me and you, like it's ridiculous that they're this rare and they're, I don't know. It just, it drives me crazy that oh, almost Everyone I know does not have this card. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that a lot of people have it, but the people that we know don't have it. <laughs> I only care about the people we know. You're letting your true colors come out right now. What color is that? Purple. Like the bone cards. <laughs> Good color. Like epic. Yeah, like epic. <laughs> like the one uh, card you don't have. Do you know how much it costs? So these things cost three. Now, their hit points are very small, right? You get, so what happens is you drop, you drop the guards. And then you spend three elixir, you get three skeleton guards um, that only have 60 health. But what's cool about them and what, what I think makes them so, um, so good is that on top of the 60 health, they also have 150 hit points of shield. So all three of them have separate shields um, that need to be broken off before they can be killed. Now, you don't have to break off. Right. And that was that's one of the biggest things, though. Right. We were just talking about this before the show, because we, we some people might not really understand why having a shield is more beneficial than just having. So can more you health. explain it? Yeah. So uh, initially, when I first saw these cards, because I mean, the only other card that has a shield, I yep. think, is the Dark Prince. Right. Um, so when, when I first saw that card and then, you know, the guards came out and they also have a shield, I'm sitting here just like to myself in my own crazy head. I'm like, well, why didn't they just give it like, I don't know, 200 health, like fine, whatever. But the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, it makes more sense because if you have a shield, that's whatever amount it is. Okay. Let's just even say the shield is 50 and then you have the same unit also has 150 health. So total it's 200 health, theoretically, right? But a unit that is 200 health in total and has no shield, let's say they're facing up against a P.E.K.K.A. A P.E.K.K.A. will one-shot that 200 health unit and kill it, right? The, the, the P.E.K.K.A. will now, when it fights a unit that is 150 health, but also has a 50 health shield, it has to kill the shield first. It has to remove that shield first and then subsequently has to have a second attack ready to take out the remaining health from that same unit. So really what would take one hit now takes two. Right, so I guess the best way to say it is these cards cannot be one-shot by anything. You cannot kill all of these cards with one unit or one spell or one of anything. Um, you have to separately kill all of them. Um, and one thing, one thing I will point out is they aren't like linked in any way, shape, or form. You don't need to kill all three shields before you kill all three guards. You can take one out at a time. Um, but you know they right, like perfect example, a tower if the, if you just send out the guards, a tower on its own will send out six arrows and it will take six hits to kill all three. Correct. Or even more, depending on how much damage they're doing. Yeah, I think just at level one, I think it's six. Yeah, no, I agree. So effectively, these things don't have that much health. You know, 60 plus 150 is only 210. You get three of them. So, you know, rounding, it's, it's about 600 health. So 
that's not the tankiest unit, but what does make them more tanky is the fact that they have this shield. So they can be a very good answer for things like the P.E.K.K.A., the Mini P.E.K.K.A., the Prince, or the Dark Prince. Um, one thing that I would probably stay away from is trying to respond to like a Valkyrie with these things, because the Valkyrie is going to take the shield off of all three in one hit and then kill them all in the next hit. It's not going to change the way that she operates at all. <laughs> That's true. And these, these guys will survive um, any spell hit, which is awesome. Arrows, arrows, zap, lightning, lightning. These guys will survive a lightning spell. It'll survive the, it'll survive the, the Duke Nukem rocket, rocket, the rocket. I mean, the, the, the rocket will look so epic as it's traveling, but it'll have no impact at all on the guards. It fizzles out over the guards. Yeah, can't do it. Three ruthless bone brothers, as the game puts it. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that does it for the six cards that we uh, got in the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm to, pretty happy. I'm excited to, to use them. Like I said, I mean, I haven't really had a chance to get them incorporated into the deck yet. I wish I had more than just two of them, like the fire spirits and the, and the furnace. Um, but if at any point in time I get any of these legendaries, while I don't think that they're the best cards um that i've seen used i would certainly incorporate them into my deck Mm -hmm. um and then some of the let's go over some of the updates that happened in the game that we didn't get a chance to cover we'll just touch on them real quick um so we mentioned the drop rate for like the super magical chest Uh, you know you get gold for every win you get more uh more rewards in each crown chest um they also increase the drop chance of the giant and the magical chest um and then for people that actually uh, are nearing this much gold they increase the maximum amount of gold to one million so all you ballers out there that's me i'm almost there yeah. Just a couple hundred away, you know, no big deal. A couple hundred years. Just a million. Chump yeah. change. <laughs> no big deal. That's right. Um, and then uh, they also, we talked about the live spectating and we got a chance to throw our confetti. And unfortunately, there's no, no tomatoes. tomatoes. There's no tomatoes. I can't believe there's no tomatoes. I love the confetti though. It, it makes you, when you are playing a game and someone throws confetti for you, tell me you don't get excited and it just makes you want to do better. No, I definitely do. <laughs> But at the same time, I kind of feel bad. Like when I'm spectating games of the clan members playing each other, I kind of feel bad like throwing confetti on one guy's thing and not throwing confetti on the other. So I I try and do it for both, but I alternate back and forth. Yeah, me too. So if somebody winds up like killing a tower, I'll give them confetti. But then like 10 seconds later, I'll because once you throw confetti on the field, it removes the confetti option for like five to 10 seconds because it doesn't want you spamming confetti on the map, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, So... As soon as I do it to one, I, pr- I wind up doing it to the other. I'm going to I'm gonna teach you a nice little trick, though. You know what you can do? Tell me. You can throw confetti on both sides at the same time. You can? Yep. If you take your pointer finger uh, and your middle finger and just press down on both buttons real quick, it throws it on both sides at the exact same time. Check you out. Try it. It's, re- it's really cool. That's a perfect right. way for it's, me it's to dorky, show everybody cool. all the love at the same time. That's it. That's how you do it. Um, and then... Ooh, so we 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 got the ability to copy someone's deck as so long as you have all the cards, regardless of the level or you know what arena anybody is in, which was really cool. Um, I'm assuming you've used this feature, correct? I've used it countless times. Um, there was a guy in our clan, actually the first legend that we've ever had in our clan, um, Chief Trainer. He had a deck that that utilized the Royal Giant which, as we mentioned last week, got a pretty nice buff in the sense that it increased its range. And um, as soon as I saw that he was having success with it and made it to the Legendary Arena, immediately copied his deck. But the cool thing is that you don't have to copy it to your first spot. You can pick which, which deck you want it to replace, you know, one, two, Yeah, or that's three. pretty cool. But um, y- you found something that was really cool with this, right? Oh, yes. Good, good call. I forgot. Um, so... If you are in a clan, um, you technically have the ability to see your own profile, correct? Yep. So if you go into at the top of your clan, so if you're in Cast Royale or Cast Royale 2 or any clan, at the top of your clan, there's a little info button. If you tap the info button, it brings up a whole list of everyone that's in your clan. If you scroll, hopefully not too far down, uh, you get to your name, you tap on your name, and it shows you your quote-unquote player profile. 
From there, what you can do is you can actually tap on your own battle deck and copy it to a different deck spot that you have available. So if you wanted to make a quick copy of your own deck, you can. So you don't have to spend extra time making the deck manually. You can just copy it over three times, and there you go. You now have three of the same deck that you can tweak uh, as you go from one spot to the next. Right. And the way that I've used this is that, you know, I try and change my decks pretty often, but like I said before, I like to use Jason's deck as my main deck. But let's just say that I didn't want to use Jason's deck as my main deck anymore. I would copy Jason's deck, my own deck, to two or three, and then I would replace that first spot with my main deck, the deck that I always like to use most often. Yeah, I like keeping the main deck in one. But it just saves you the most, it just saves you so much time. And to be honest with you, the game isn't very friendly when it comes to like changing decks um, and like swapping cards in and out and like completely rebuilding a deck. I find that it takes, it takes a little bit longer than I'd like it to. No, that's true. Um, I agree. But you know what? One of the, I just, I just noticed it uh, recently is one of the things that they did add is you can reshuffle your deck. What do you mean? So when you have your cards in, in what I call, or what they call wiggle mode or wobble mode, um, if you're in edit mode, you can rearrange the order of the cards in your deck. Did not know that. So as soon as you use, so as soon as you click a card and you click use and it kind of brings it up to the top, you can move the cards around in there. Go ahead, try it. You know what? I will. Dude, that is so cool. You're welcome. Thank you for that. <laughs> but now my question to you is why would I want to rearrange those cards? I don't know. I mean, I've, I've been in multiple situations where I'm like, nah, I want the giant to just be the first card. I don't, it just, it's just a weird thing. Like, if you just want to rearrange the deck the way you want to rearrange it, you can. I mean, it's a deck of cards. You should be able to rearrange it, right? I guess you're right. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't figured out how to do that yet, um, you have to go down and, ta- and uh, get a card ready uh, to use in a deck that you're going to be making. Um, once you have that card come up um, as if you're going to use it, you then see that all the other cards in your current deck are wiggling. You can drag them around and do whatever you want with them from there. That's right. Um, let's see. And then um, a couple other quick things. You can look at uh, legendary card info in random places throughout the game, which is nice because you couldn't do that before. Um, There are awesome new clan badges, but don't worry, we're not going to change ours, even though it's a little tempting because some of them are pretty cool. They are pretty cool, but we're not going to give up our our brand. No, we like it. The sword with the red, white, and blue. That's right. Cast Royale. Boom. The gold cost for shop cards uh, increases in a linear fashion instead of whatever it did before. I don't know, some weird algorithmic fashion. Did you have a chance to test this at all? Like, did you buy anything from the shop? I refuse to buy anything in the shop unless I need one or two of the card that I'm trying to get. I will only spend money in the shop on a legendary. I mean, if I ever get there and uh, epic cards. Kind of like the dark prints that I currently have in my in my shop right now. Yeah, I hate that you have that card. I still have yet to see it in my shop, even though I got it in a free chest this weekend. Uh, go me. Rob's but. pretty. Rob's pretty salty because it's it was he has he loves using the dark prints, but he never gets it in any of his chests. Clearly, just got one, like he said. But in my shop, I always wind up getting the dark prints. Um, I guess for the past in over the past week, I've gotten it four different nights. <laughs> I got the lightning spell twice in a row. That's pretty cool. Yeah, too bad I have it already, and I don't care. Well, that's just because you don't care because you don't use it. That's true, but I don't like, like, don't, don't, don't cycle through the same cards in a row. Yeah, I guess it's random, and you just got unlu- unlucky. But from, from my perspective, I used the new shop um, to buy the hog, the hog rider, and mm-hmm. I probably bought about 10 of them. It starts off at about 20 gold, I think, and then it kind of goes up from there. For buying 10 or 12 of them, I think I wound up spending about anywhere from 1,500 to 1,600 gold. Um, so it starts at 20, but you know, it can quickly go up to 200 very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think, it go, I think it, like they said, it's a linear fashion. So I think it's 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 120, 140. Yeah, so. And it, so on and so forth, if you can keep counting. It starts off cheap enough for you to buy. But the cool thing, and, and then it gets pretty expensive, but the cool thing that I realized is that if you don't want to, if you have a lot of gold and you're one of these, you know, multi-millionaires and have a million, a million gold hanging around, 
you can just click on the card in the shop and buy all of them that are available, which is pretty Oh, cool. yeah. Now there's a new button then. It tells you how much it's going to cost. It says like, because normally the shop says only 10 available or only 50 available or only five available, whatever it is. And then it tells you how much it would cost to buy all of them, which depending on the level of the card or rarity of the card, I should say, can range anywhere between 10,000 and 100,000, right? Yeah. So if you have common cards, I think they cap out for the for the total amount that are in the shop around 10,000 for the rare cards it's about 25,500 and then for the um epic cards it's about 110,000 i don't know what the what the legendary cards are because i don't have one yet so and i'm also not in the legendary arena so i can't see them in the shop true um and then let's see the only other thing that I wanted to talk about, which isn't really a big deal for anybody but you and me for right now, or other clan members, um, they had, again, with the cooldowns and the timers and the limits, they added a 20-minute cooldown between kicking clan members. So you can't click more than you can't kick more than one clan member within Every 20, 20 minutes, minutes of each other? Yeah. I mean, not like we not like we kick we don't want to kick anybody, and we don't kick anybody very often, but we do have our weekly reset. Um, but I mean, like, why? Like what I guess they just don't want you to batch delete everybody. I don't know. But 20 minutes between each person that you can kick? That's what the update says. It says added 20-minute cooldown between kicking clan members. But is that per person? Like if there's two elders and one leader, can each of them three kick one person each every 20 minutes? Oh, I don't know, and I don't want to try it. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't try either, <laughs> but I, I do think that it's pretty silly because, like you mentioned, we like you know we have a very lenient, I'd say where people just have to donate one card per week. Yeah, and even um, still, we extended it this last week. Right, in order to stay in the clan, um, yeah. just to make sure that people are still active. But there's clans out there that are much less casual than us and um, have much more strict kind of rules that I'm sure they kick people much more often. So this is going to... I don't know, maybe it's something to do with their servers. You never know what the background reason for it is unless they tell you. Yeah, that's true. I think I think that they're just trying to limit the people that are I'll I'll use a nicer word that are mean and just batch kick everybody out of their clan just because sure. they feel like doing so. Yeah, you're probably right. But maybe the twenty minute cooldown could be changed a little bit because twenty seems like a lot. Maybe but that's five just minutes. a that's just a yeah. I'll take five. I mean that's just a clan leader gripe. Boom. That that, that affects nobody else. So that's whatever. Right. All right, so we're going to go into uh, our emails and reviews, uh, and we got two emails this week, um, and the first one is from Uphill Buffalo, uh, and they write, Hi guys, I found your podcast the other day when episode 005 came out. It was really helpful since I am making my attempt to push into Arena 4. Every time I get to Arena 4, I lose that match and go back to Arena 3 on a down streak. My deck as of late has been Spear Goblins, Musketeer, Bomber, Witch, Fireball, Mini P.E.K.K.A., Skeletons, and Giant Skeleton. This deck gets cold sometimes for me, but whenever I try a new deck out, I hit a wall. This has been the only one that I can go on streaks with, that is, until I am on the cusp of level 4. Any tips or ideas on how to plant my foot into Arena 4 permanently? Thanks for the help and keep up the good work. Buffalo. So. When I first read this email, I don't know about you, Rob, but the, the very first thing that came to my mind was, I have experienced the exact same thing. Yep, we've all been there. I feel like this game is just as much about losing trophies as it is about gaining trophies. Um, you kind of learn from losing trophies. You, yeah. As long as you don't get too frustrated from your loss, you learn about mistakes that you make, and hopefully you learn how to get better from them. Um, maybe what things work well in your deck or what don't work so well and maybe what cards you didn't counter so well that you could have countered better with maybe another card um there's a lot to learn from losing but it's definitely part of the game and believe me when i tell you you are not alone yeah i've teetered specifically between uh, arena four into arena five then even arena five into arena six six into seven every single time i've ever had to make a big push into the next arena i've just been like stuck Winning a handful of games, losing a ton of games. Winning a handful of games, losing a ton more games. Like, it just, it's just part of the learning curve, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it. And then once you finally get to the, the point where you just need one more win, just one more win to get you there, you lose. Like an, like an uphill buffalo. 
That's right. <laughs> like an uphill <laughs> buffalo. That's yeah. right. So don't worry, Buffalo. Uh, Joe uh, has made some tweaks to your deck um, that we think are going to really help. Um, and then I got a tip for you once Joe finishes explaining his uh, reasoning behind his changes. Cool. So Buffalo, your your current average elixir cost is 3.6. And yeah, so long as we know how to make a deck properly. Yeah, that's right. If we know how to read properly <laughs> and can properly use the the bad functionality of building a deck that the game Correct. currently has, your elixir cost average is 3.6. So it's a very fast deck. Um, but this deck can run into some issues because it's very AOE based, but doesn't have a lot of threat. Um, currently, I think the only card that gives you um, like push power is your mini P.E.K.K.A. Um, you have the giant skeleton, but that can, that can get distracted very easily if you don't have something else that's going to really facilitate the push. Um, so what we've done is we've kind of made a couple of tweaks to the deck, made the average elixir cost 3.9, um, and hopefully give you a, a little bit more versatility in the deck. So the first thing we did is we replaced your fireball with arrows. We didn't really think that you needed the fireball because you already have the witch, which does AOE damage, and you have the giant skeleton, which inevitably is going to do massive amounts of aoe damage mm -hmm. um once it's dead so we didn't think you needed a third higher cost spell that had a similar effect plus this will still make it so that you have the ability to uh take out minion hordes that's right the next thing that we did was we noticed that your deck was pretty pretty heavy on ground troops so we changed that we took the the bomber that you had and we changed that with the baby dragon so again, where we dropped one elixir before, we've increased one elixir here. So the net of that is nothing. But we replaced it with an air unit that's pretty tanky that does AoE damage. So effectively, you're going to get the same um, feel out of the deck, only it's going to be a little bit more versatile and a little bit more challenging for your opponent to deal with. And then the last change that we made was the one elixir cost skeletons that you have in there. Not because they're bad, just because we think that our change was more appropriate for what we were trying to do with your deck. Right. So we thought the main purpose for the skeletons was to really just distract things. But you already have the spear goblins and the little skeletons that are being summoned by the witch. They distract very, very well. So you don't need another distraction card. So what we did was we changed that with the minions, the regular minions that cost three elixir and summon three um, air unit minions. So again, we're adding another air unit to your deck for a slightly higher cost card, but overall isn't changing your overall average cost that much because it goes from 3.6 elixir to 3.9 elixir. So to kind of sum this all up, you've got the mini P.E.K.K.A., the baby dragon, the giant skeleton, spear goblins, arrows, minions, the musketeer, and the witch. We think that overall you should really try and focus on using the baby dragon along with the mini P.E.K.K.A. as your push while using your giant skeleton as um, a defensive card and then using the smaller troops to um, back that up. And if you run into a tricky situation, you've always got the musketeer to, to defend your territory. That is true. Good, uh, good advice. Um, and then... The other thing that I will suggest is one of the things that really helped me uh, specifically is um, watching TV Royale games. Um, and now with the new update, you have the ability to uh, fine tune what arena you're in. Um, so throw throw the channel to uh, the arena four into arena five. Like just watch those two channels and look for decks that you think are um, are are. are are made of cards that you have that you can try and watching those games uh, will hopefully give you a better idea of how those cards are supposed to be played. The other thing that I will tell you is, which I don't know if a lot of people even think to do this. I know I do because uh, I'm critical of my own uh, play style. Um, go back and watch your own replays. It really helps to make sure that while you're watching a game that you played, um, you know, you get to look and see, oh, I made a mistake here. Oh, he just threw that out. But what was my answer? Oh, I didn't really play that right. Oh, I can't believe those arrows took out my guys. I should have waited a, a split second longer before throwing out my minions. So I think that watching your games 
really helps. And uh, if you're in a clan, um, throw that replay to other players and have them take a look at it. There are so many times, Rob, when I will just post a replay and just ask people for their help um, or ask somebody to look at my deck and just see if they can change it. Um, I, I, I don't do that with Jason's deck just because I think it's a pretty solid deck. But if I ever change it up and want to try something new and I'm not having good luck with it, I'll always ask somebody else for their opinion. So Buffalo, we're really happy that you reached out to us. Um, hopefully the changes that we make work well for you um, and get you into, as you put it, Arena 4 permanently. But not for too long. Hopefully you get to 5, 6, and 7, and so on and so forth. Yeah, see you in the Royal Arena. And then uh, the next email that we got is from Tracer, um, who writes, Hi, I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, and I find you two guys entertaining while somewhat educational about the game. While I enjoy the breakdown of certain decks and cards, I would like it if you two could talk the competitive area of the game. For example, the breakdown of the metagame and some arenas or a metagame deck. Anyways, keep up the great work. So first of all, thank you, Tracer, for your email. I think, Rob, this email is kind of tricky, right? Because it talks about a couple things. One, competitive areas of the game, um, which wind up changing quite often. Um, And two, metas in certain arenas, as well as metas in the game, like just metas in the overall game. The problem with this that I find is that it changes so often. And especially with the change in the... um, with the arena channels in TV Royale, it's very difficult. Like you can't just look at the legendary arena anymore and see the highest level people that are playing. If you noticed previously, the legendary arena Royale channel showed only the top ranked players, right? Whereas now it shows people from all trophy counts that are in that arena. So from the very bottom of the legendary arena to the very top of the legendary arena um, can be very different because different cards have different power levels as they get as they reach their maximum yeah that's true and it also depends on what level all those cards are too like you could have a deck that's like jason's deck that's all commons and rares um and help a player push itself all the way up to arena seven which is where we are so i mean that doesn't really fit into any meta technically yeah and and i find that i I don't see i mean i play in i've played in the in the royal arena arena seven for i guess the past three weeks now and I don't have like a common theme that people are using certain cards more often than others. Um, I guess except for, except for maybe Inferno Bomber Tower combo. <laughs> I was just gonna say maybe I'm lying, right? Because I think <laughs> I, I think I know what cards I don't see in that in that arena, but I think the cards that I do see are used interchangeably with other cards that can have similar impacts on the game. Yeah, I agree. You know, when you get up to the Royal Arena, for example you don't really see the musketeer anymore. You also don't really see like the skeleton army. No, when you get to the higher levels, what you wind up seeing is uh, the three musketeers instead of the one musketeer. That's right. <laughs> so, but one thing that I did like about, I, I, I really did like this email because it got me thinking a little bit about how we can kind of view the different arenas. And maybe one thing we can do is take this away and just see if there's a new way to look at it. Um, that way we can talk more specifically to different arenas and different cards you should be using within them um, moving forward. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, and I, I think because there's there's so many different play styles and so many different uh, strategies that can be used in this game, especially with just one card, let alone the 54 cards that we have, um, g- pretty much what I was saying before to uh, Uphill Buffalo, go and watch the uh, different arenas in Clash in, um, in TV Royale. Um, if you if you spend enough time uh, in one channel that focuses on one arena, you will see common themes, um, not necessarily one theme that rules them all, um, but you will see common themes and you'll be able to pick up on certain strategies and defenses that you can use uh, in your current arena. So hopefully that helps. That's right. And, and you'll be you'll be very surprised at how watching replays allow you to pick up on when somebody else makes a mistake. And if you can identify when people when other people make mistakes, your brain will just subconsciously start thinking about it while you're playing and you'll know what to do and what not to do when you see certain things on the battlefield. Good point. Um, And then the last section that we have in the show uh, is the reviews. And we actually got two new reviews um, this week. Um, And the first one is from Legacy, uh, who writes, long overdue. 
Um, he writes, hey guys, first off, I just want to say you guys have a great podcast. You guys deserve five-star reviews left and right. I would like to see a little more advanced strategy discussion. I feel like it could appeal to more players and listeners, in my opinion. Still, the best podcast I have listened to. Keep up the good work. Donald Trump. And that's Donald not Trump. the candidate. Yeah, that's not the candidate. That is uh, our clan member who is awesome and always contributes. Um, but something funny, uh, we also have Hillary Clinton in our clan. So you have Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton in your clan? Yeah. And, so uh, I, I jumped ship before. <laughs> I was there when Donald was there. And I agree, he's awesome. Um, I was not there when Hillary joined. <laughs> no, but it's really funny because uh, the couple times that they have battled, uh, people call it a debate. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Just do best of three and you'll see who's going to be the next president, right? That's it. Yeah. No, no uh, even though even, even though in our clan, it, uh, we have a strict no politics rule, um, but the, you can't not laugh at this. It's really funny. Completely agree. Um, so, yeah, Donald, thank you for the review. We really appreciate the kind words. Um, one thing that we are, I guess, slowly working our way towards is higher level, more advanced strategies and discussions. And more detailed strategy, like thought process, what happens when we throw out a card, what happens when somebody else throws out a card, what we think, what we're planning, what cards we're holding, things like that. Right. You know, you've got a couple of different options. Which one are you debating in your head and which one and which one do you choose and why? And, you know, how does that set you up for your next play? And, and you know, these are all things that we definitely want to lead towards. Um, but we don't want to start doing that too quickly until we make sure that we have a foundation of information that we've built upon where everybody can fully understand what we're talking about. Um, completely hear you when you say it could appeal to more listeners. Um, in we your agree. opinion, I completely agree. Rob completely agrees. Um, we hear you and we're, we're definitely working our way there. Yeah. So, uh, hang on for the ride. We hope you enjoy it. Um, in the meantime, the next review that we got was from Epic beans, KF 2.0. And he writes, keeps getting better. If you enjoy Clash Royale, you will love this podcast. It started off well and keeps getting better with every cast. I have implemented strategies from this show and I am no longer experiencing the trophy death spiral. Enjoyable and helpful. Keep up the great work. Epic Beans Clan K Farmhouse 2.0. So thanks, Beans, for, for, your, for your review and for the kind words. We, we do appreciate the fact that you're, one, you're listening and two, you're um, you're getting what we'd hoped people would get from our cast. Um, some knowledge, a little bit more entertainment <laughs> yeah. and, um, and something that you can take back with you to hopefully, um, you know, use as a backbone of information to, to get you out of those spiral of trophy deaths, as you mentioned. Um, Rob, a cool thing is that I actually looked up the clan that he put in, in the, in the review. Oh yeah. The, the message of the clan was that he was in was, um, like a podcast, kind of like what we did. Oh, really? That's so like, awesome. I don't know if he's a host of a podcast and created a clan, or well, if, if he's he the listens- host of something. I hope. I wish we knew the name of the the show or whatever he's doing, so we could give it, him a shout out. It's called the Clash Files, but I don't know That's if it's such his a good clan name. or if he's the host or if he's just a part of a clan that he listens to their podcast. Like other people two, joined ours. Who were the two guys that gave the two thumbs up, Siskel and Ebert, or Ebert and Robert? It changed eventually, right? You get two thumbs up from Rob and Joe for that name. Boom. The Clash Files. The Clash um, Files. And if you can't, you know, if you don't want to join our clan and you can't get into, if you can't get into ours or whatever the case may be, join theirs. It's K Farmhouse um, 2.0. Yep. Everybody brings something a little bit different to the, to the game. So just make sure you're in a clan. <laughs> That's the number one thing. Yeah. Be in, a, be in a clan. As soon as you get to level three, be in a clan. It helps in way more ways than one. Boom. Um, and then ironically, we, I, I said we only got two reviews, which is true, but we did have somebody change one of their reviews as promised, actually. Um, and that was from Digger Derek, um, who originally left us a four star review. And um, he uh, he wrote that the audio was good and that the information was named at new players um, and that it was worth a listen. But he also challenged us by saying that we called all troops minions, which we fixed. Right. So <laughs> which- he fixed Starting last week. Like he said, which was awesome. (laughs) We were really excited when, well, actually, we were really happy when when Digger told us what we were doing um, because we we realized that we were confusing people. And we were really excited when we we saw that he actually did change his review. Um, 
we we really appreciate you going back and doing that. Like Rob oh, said, dude, it just gets us awesome. one step closer to a five star review and um uh or average on the on the iTunes store and just gets us the ability to to, to reach out to more people. Just the fact that he went back and did that again, like just to like signed in with his Apple ID password, like left the review again. Like that's just a pain in the butt for most people to just leave one review. So like I'm, I'm honored that he would even go back and revisit the same review to fix it after, you know, calling us out on our shenanigans. Yeah. So Digger Derek, thank you very much for, for your effort and for, uh, and for listening to the show. We, uh, we appreciate both those things a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that pretty much does it for, uh, this episode of, uh, cast Royale. Um, as always, if you need to leave us feedback, you can visit us on our website. If you go to www.castroyalepodcast.com, um, and click on the contact us button, there's a form that you can fill out. Um, or if you're into traditional email, you can always email us at feedback at castroyalepodcast.com. Send us your tips, tricks, questions, comments, uh, especially if we're doing something you don't like. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Podcast Royale. That's true. Um, and in the coming weeks, like we've been mentioning, um, be on the lookout for our Patreon. We're still working on the final kinks and the last minute details, but uh, we should have that up and running soon. And Rob, one other thing that we, that we wanted to point out before we uh, signed off for this episode is we wanted to let everybody know that we are creating a survey, like a game survey through SurveyMonkey. Um, and we're going to actually have a link to that in the show notes. So you can click on that and take the survey. It takes just a couple of minutes to fill out. Um, it's only 10 questions. And the main purpose of it is just to give us a general sense of where you guys are in the game. Um, what your level's like. Please be honest. Yeah, please be honest. This is a total honor system. Um, but It'll tell us what your level is, how many cards you have, what your current trophy count is, your highest level arena, um, things like that. So um, just please, please, please take a second to fill it out. Click the link. It'll be in the show notes um, and help us tailor our show to you. Um, That's the ultimate goal that we're trying to do to make sure that we are impacting um, and tailoring our shows and catering them to the to the to the right group of people. Yeah, nailed it. Um, And then, uh, as always, we will uh, see you next week for another episode of... uh, Hodgepodge of everything. Again, hodgepodge of everything. I love it. Yeah, so see ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.